DW Deutsche Welle Pulse Hello and welcome to Pulse. I'm Jesse Wingard in Bonn, Germany. We have lots to cram into the show, so let's not waste any time. Fighting HIV means fighting stigma. We meet some young people in Uganda living with the virus doing just that. And forget Bend It Like Beckham. A group of girls and young people in Kenya are using football to become empowered. All that and more coming up on this jam-packed edition of Pulse. HIV AIDS remains one of the world's most significant public health challenges. In 2016, almost 37 million people were living with HIV across the world. Africa accounts for almost two-thirds of all new infections. Despite Uganda's efforts to introduce ways to fight HIV, the number of people living with the virus is close to 1.5 million. Young people there are disproportionately affected by the pandemic. Stigma and discrimination remain barriers to having a HIV-free generation. Programs like ABC, that's short for Abstinence, Be Faithful and Condom Use, are not working as well as first hoped. To commemorate World AIDS Day at the beginning of December, Pulse's Frank Yeager went to meet some young people living with HIV in Uganda. Monica Batwala is a student at Hillside Boarding School in Wakiso District. She was born 16 years ago with HIV. Her parents have already died from the disease. And when not at school, she lives with her sister. She takes a daily dose of antiretroviral drugs to keep the virus at bay. But the daily dose has cost her friends, who kept her away from her when they realized she was HIV positive. I've been in this school for six months and... I've never stopped taking my medicine. I have to swallow them every day. I feared girls to see me taking them. That is why I used to hide when swallowing every day. I take them when I'm in the dormitory, sometimes in the bathroom, sometimes in the corridor, or in my bed when I'm pretending. It is only at school that I feel uncomfortable taking them because I fear these girls once they know about something, everyone in the school will know. One day, one of the girls saw me, and the whole school knew about it. It makes me uncomfortable. I know they talk about me because they tell me some are not my friends. If it continues, I'll tell my sister I changed the school. Twenty-six-year-old Luke Amoti is hawking jewelry in Masindi District. He tells me his hopes of acquiring his dream job were shattered in 2014. That's because he was one of the 400 applicants who tested positive for HIV and AIDS and hepatitis B when he applied to join the army. I never recovered from the bad news I had. I even didn't know I had HIV. They told me that real day and I couldn't believe it that I had HIV. I've even never fallen sick, got malaria or any anything. Even to go down and I am fine and strong. 
even when we were young, when we were young children, we wanted to be in the army, we wanted to hold guns, go to war. You know those things when you say when you're young, and it cannot happen now. I really miss it. Now I do my business, I sell earrings, necklaces, bangles, and very many other things to get a living. On top of the hill is the Mbuya military barracks. Colonel Dr. Stephen Kusasira is the director of medical services for the Uganda People's Defense Forces. He explains why the army refuses to let HIV-positive people join. Military training is deliberately harsh. Otherwise, we wouldn't be soldiers. And torturing in a way. It strains you psychologically and physically. But our target is not that to discriminate HIV positive. If you've looked at the adverts when you are coming in, we talk about medical screening. If you have hepatitis, we'll not take you on. If you have an infectious disease, if you have a chronic disease that will need you to start treatment, and then for us, we are recruiting you as is. We want you to go and start training. It will be difficult. All chronic diseases, talk about hypertensive, will not take you on. And this is international. It's not your PDF. The army might have its reasons for blocking people with infectious or chronic diseases from joining. But stigma and discrimination towards those living with HIV remains high in Uganda. Robin Ababidye and Eva Nakato are 24-year-old twins born with HIV, but they took a positive step against the discrimination, becoming ambassadors of hope for youth living with HIV. We have been going to schools and uh, communities, uh, creating awareness, talking about stigma, sharing our experiences as young people living with HIV, growing up facing stigma and discrimination in all aspects of life. And um, this time round, we wanted it to be a bit different. And instead of just going to the schools, going to communities, educating the community, we use other interventions, for example, the movie. So there's a movie that um, we are really like shooting right now and um, it's it's also like talking about HIV, stigma and discrimination, everything that is talking about HIV. But we wanted to see that it, um, it brings more of the experiences, the live experiences of a young person who is living with HIV. And also music, so we use music also because we feel it's more of an edutainment kind of thing. And we believe that music can travel fast than me going to a community and speaking to a group of people or going on radio. So we use also radios and uh, media. Combating stigma and discrimination is not just important in helping to improve the lives of people like Robina and Eva. It is also important to fight it because stigma and discrimination often stems from ignorance. And ignorance is hampering Ugandan efforts to fight the scourge. Dr. Joshua Musinguzi is the manager of the government's AIDS control program. The stigma is ignorance on the part of those who stigmatize. But it's, it's there. It's, it's a problem. And it hinders the access to services for individuals that require them. Uh, stigma may prevent individuals from coming for testing. They don't want to be identified. And if they are tested and they find that they are positive, they may not be wanting to come for their drugs because they don't want to be seen coming into the clinics. We are working on that issue, working with our partners in civil society, people living with HIV and AIDS, to continue to educate the public. So it is a continuous education that HIV is with us, 
people should come out and prevent themselves from getting infection. In Uganda, about 1.4 million people are living with HIV. Various HIV and AIDS charities estimate that a bit more than one-third of the population are still living with the virus without access to any medication. Uganda's punitive laws against drug users, prostitutes and men who have sex with men mean that many of the high-risk groups do not seek help from the authorities. Since 2013, the number of infections have reduced, but health experts fear that figure may traverse in the coming years as the prevention messages are not getting through to the large youth population. For DW, this is Frank Yiga, Uganda. And if you know about a project that is taking the world by storm and should feature on Pulse, get in contact with us. We'd love to hear about it. Head to DW Africa on Facebook and leave us a message. Advantaged women and girls from rural areas in Kalifi and Kwale counties on the Kenyan coast are being empowered through soccer as a tool to change their lives. The community-based organisation Moving the Goalposts, or MTG, is behind this initiative. MTG is all about bringing girls together in a safe space where they can play football, organise their own activities, become leaders and discuss issues that matter for girls growing up in the two counties. Their counties are among the poorest in Kenya, where illiteracy levels are high and where only 11 out of 20 girls go on to secondary school. Diana Wanyoni visited the girls and filed this special report. It is a Sunday morning in a rural area of Kilifi County, northeast of Mombasa Island on the Kenyan coast. Here, girls between the ages of 12 and 23 are putting on blue and white football jerseys, pink socks and orange sports shoes. Every Sunday, the girls meet here at the Moving the Goalposts offices in Kilifi. They train their football skills, but the program is also about strengthening their ability to work in teams and give them the confidence to nurture their talents. Today, they are preparing for a friendly match at Karisamaitha playing grounds just two kilometers from here. Once at the ground, the 22 girls from the Moving the Goalpost team warm up to take on Mkwajuni United Girls football team. Moving the goalposts started in 2001 with the aim of empowering disadvantaged girls and young women using football as a tool to change lives. Their slogan in Swahili is Tunaweza, or We Can. The activities happen both on and off the field. Many of the girls kicking the ball today have already been empowered to become community leaders as well as organizing the football league activities. They run peer education programs on reproductive health, women's rights and economic empowerment. When I'm 
A few minutes before the friendly game, their coach Fatime Tibu is calling out her team, instructing them to go and take their positions on the pitch. As a coach, I'm outside the pitch. I'm the one who is like I can see the whole uh, part of the field. In case I see one of my girl, maybe she's playing badly, I need to look for a way that I can encourage her to play more better. Because if I start shouting to her, she won't make it and she won't be able like to play uh, good football. Tibu glows with pride as MTG scores their first goal. Tibu herself rose up through the ranks of MTG. She joined in 2001. What inspired me to play football? I saw football was like a, a game of men, but uh, being in MTG has opened up my mind because I've gained a lot of exposures. I've also gained a lot of uh, confidence, and uh, football has also taken me places that maybe my parents cannot go there. I'm also a very good football player. I can play in the midfield and as well I can do striking but uh, I had a passion of being a coach. Neither religion, traditional norms nor culture deterred Tibu from playing football. At the beginning it was a bit challenging because I'm a Muslim and you know Muslim has uh, this religion you need like to protect yourself everywhere. But uh, I explained to my parents that playing football will not change me, maybe to become differently from whom I am. It's my mind that will change me. So I had like uh, to create awareness to my parents so that they can understand the importance of me playing football and also the benefit that I'll gain from me playing football. MTG started with just 100 girls and young women. Now it has more than 9,000 of them between the ages of 9 and 25. Mapenzi Changawa is 20 years old. She lives with her parents 50 kilometers from Kilifi town. Despite the distance, her passion for football means that she makes sure she attends practice every Sunday. To get from Kilifi to home, I need 350 Kenyan shillings. It's the same to get here. When I get to the training, they usually refund us the fare. If I've got no money, then I borrow from my parents and pay them back as soon as I can. My passion has just grown and grown. Outside of football, I like the values that MTG has instilled in me. It gives me the courage to face my life. That's why I joined MTG. Since I joined, I have been empowered and MTG have even helped me pay part of my secondary school fees in the last year. I've played football in Mombasa, Tanzania, Nairobi, and in New York during the Global Goals Tournament. I played defense position, we scored three goals, and we merged the winners. We were given a trophy and handbags with clothes inside. Fatime Tibu knows that their win in New York has helped make MTG even more popular in the region where they operate. The tournament started in March. It was organized by the UN. It was all about the Sustainable Development Goals. MTG, we chose Goal 5, which is gender equality, because back in our Kilifi County, girls are left behind in terms of uh, equal opportunities. During the tournament in New York, there were 24 teams that participated from all over the world. We won all the matches. We won the match by 3-0. And we were the team that scored the most goals. We scored uh, 15 goals. 
And also we got one of our top scorers. She had six goals. We were the ambassadors of Kenya campaigning for sustainable development goals. It has given us also a challenge because the other girls from Kilifi, they also need to be like MTG girls. Mapenzi thinks that her busy schedule at MTG with football games and education on reproductive health has helped her avoid the unwanted pregnancies which have befallen many of her former schoolmates. According to the information that we are given at MTG, I've been busy keeping fit, which I think is why I have not got pregnant. I have tried to share that information with my friends, but even when they know what I know, they have not put the teaching into practice, and then they have become pregnant. The creator of the organization is British-born Sarah Ford, a footballer and former radio sports journalist in the United Kingdom. She said that her main aim is to show the world that girls are also capable of doing different activities within their communities. We started properly in about 2001, 2002, um, just getting girls to play football as a way of getting them out into the public and helping people to see what girls are, are capable of. So in those days, even girls really struggled to finish primary school. Um, in Kenya, in those days, you still had to pay fees to be in primary schools, and secondary school was like a distant dream. Um, we had lots of issues around teenage pregnancies um, and early marriages. And also in those days, um, HIV-AIDS was a much bigger problem because ARVs were not um, available. So we wanted to find like a different way to try and address some of the problems that girls had. And we thought football could be a bit subversive. You know, it wasn't like normal for girls to be out playing football. And then we thought that uh, gender inequalities contribute to a lot of the things like teenage pregnancies, early marriage, girls dropping out of school. So we thought if people could see girls playing football, then they might consider what else girls might be capable of. I think it was me who came up with moving the goalposts because it's like, that's what we're doing. We're changing the rules. We're not playing the same game as we used to play. We're showing you that we can move the goalposts and what girls are capable of is, is more than what some people might have imagined. And achieving what some might have thought unimaginable is exactly what the alumni of Moving the Goalposts aim to do. Esimbeyu Akida joined Moving the Goalposts in 2002 when she was only eight years old. She has been an active player who represented the organization in various tournaments within and outside Kilifi and Kuala counties, including right up to the Kenya Premier League in 2014. She was later selected to join the Kenya National Women's Football Team, Harambe Starlets, in 2015 due to her outstanding football skills and she has participated in both national and international tournaments. Mbeyu won the top scorer award in a football tournament in 2016 in Spain. Now she mentors young girls at MTG and still visits regularly to help encourage more to follow in her steps. For DW, this is Diana Wanyonyi in coastal Kenya. And that brings us to the end of this edition of Pulse. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'd love to hear your feedback. Head to DW Africa on Facebook and leave us a message. I'm Jessie Wingard from all of us here at DW. Have a wonderful week ahead.